Hello, everybody. You are listening or watching Chatting with Candace. I'm your host, Candace Horback. Before we get into this week's episode, if you want to check out some of the sponsors and affiliates below, they are all products or programs that I actually use and endorse. So check those out. Um, we would do our cups of coffee, but I believe we are all caught up from the last episode that I actually filmed. So if you want to buy a cup of coffee, all of that goes right back into the podcast. You can go to chattingwithcandace.com and click that little link that says buy me a coffee. It helps out a ton. Also, as always, make sure you are clicking like and subscribe, leaving a five-star review, sharing with your friends and family, all that good stuff. This is a small village and I couldn't do without you. Also, huge milestone. We hit a million views. Speaker, rising thought leader, featured in Entrepreneur Magazine and endorsed by some of the world's most well-known celebrities, entertainers, athletes, and entrepreneurs such as Rob Deerdeck, Ed Middle, Beth- Bethany Hamilton, Suzanne Summers, and Alicia Silverstone. Please help me welcome the incredible Craig Siegel. Craig, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I'm really excited to get to know you a little bit better. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. We were chatting before we hit record. There's a lot of alignment here. Let's have some fun. Yeah, let's do it. I was, um, I love the work that you're doing, and I, I'm trying to like figure out like a great introductory point. And I think the thing that's kind of calling to me is like starting with mindset change and like the whole concept of going from Wall Street to now keynote speaker, um, insanely popular podcast. You have your own courses. Like you're really trying to get people to shift their mindset and kind of create the life that they want. And you're doing it within your own life. So you're leading by example, which is a beautiful thing. So, um, I guess there's this quote, and I, I wanted to read it to you and see what you Love a good quote. People change when they hurt enough that they have to, when they learn enough that they want to, and when they see enough that they're inspired to, or they receive enough and they're able to. And I love that so much because I think that we often get caught in this cycle of trying to change other people and we want them um, to be the perfect spouse or the perfect business partner or the perfect parent. But really, that's more of an inside job. And I totally agree with all of those things. I'm curious if any of those ring true for your own growth and personal development. To be honest with you, all of them did. (laughs) Especially the one with like hurt. It, It reminds me of a quote I heard back in the day that's like, you got to become sick and tired of being sick and tired and mm-hmm. just knowing that you're here for something more than you're currently settling for, mm-hmm. so to speak. And to be honest, you, I forgot the other ones that you said, but they, to be honest, they all resonated with me. They all hit home. Um, and, and you said something about knowing, right? Like when you get to a point where you know better, kind of like mm-hmm. know better, do better. That, that's mm-hmm. what I was thinking. Um, but it's a great quote and all of them resonate, if I'm being honest. So what was your pain point? What was like the biggest pain point for you? Just to give a little context, I was on Wall Street for 13 years and I was making a lot of money. And at that season of my life, that's what I attributed to be success. And just to be clear for your listeners in the audience, making money is absolutely a part of success, but it's not the only part. And I just, you know, nothing too catastrophic happened. I didn't like get my arm blown off in war or, or anything like that or divorce. I, my pain was my pain. And I got to a point where I was just waking up and, and I was miserable. And Wall Street was a lot of fun until it wasn't. And I just wanted to contribute and make an impact. And I wasn't really doing that. And about three years ago, right before the pandemic, I got into a pretty dark season. I just got out of a toxic relationship. As you, as you guys know, it's never fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and my best friend, my dad, had just got diagnosed with cancer. And 
On top of that, even though I had my own business, which I'm super grateful for, I didn't find meaning and purpose in it, if I'm being honest. Mm -hmm. And so my pain was my pain. And as I imagine you can attest to, spiritual and emotional pain is, is far worse than physical pain. And so I started drinking more than I'd like to admit, but I didn't stay there long. I don't know if I found running or running found me, but, but I believe there's always something in between. And running for me was that catalyst or gateway drug, if you will, to really start to find myself, to wake up with purpose, inspired. And I started running a bunch of marathons. It was awesome. And I wasn't looking to become a professional or anything like that. I was just looking to find myself. And I did. And then the pandemic happened, specifically the lockdown, and obviously a global awakening. But for me personally, I looked at this as a historic opportunity to kind of reassess. And it occurred to me when I did my eulogy exercise, which is essentially if this was it for us, and it's good for all the listeners to do, if this was it for you, what kind of legacy did you leave? What kind of contribution did you make? What kind of impact did you make? And it occurred to me at that moment that none, really. I had some good relationships. That was about it. And I had been underachieving for quite some time. And I believe all of us are here for a much bigger purpose than, than most of us realize. In addition, we all have very unique special gifts. And so when I took that time to be available, I started getting the downloads and I was able to put it all together. And I've been obsessed with personal development for so long. People think CLS was an overnight success. I just finally put it together. I hit the ground running. For me, the cost of inaction was way too high, the COI. So I took my shot and the brand exploded. I sold the Wall Street business and this is it for me. Also got engaged. It wasn't just a career reinvention. It, it was a life. But you asked me what my pain was. And I think it's interesting. And I want to land a plane with, I just was underachieving. And I didn't have much purpose and meaning in life. And I think that's everything. And, and that's the reason why there's blue zones in the world that people consistently live to 100 because they have purpose. Mm -hmm. And then people that retire early and they retire from their purpose and all of a sudden their average life expectancy goes down significantly. I don't think that's a coincidence, right? Like the sperm without the egg is useless. And additionally, life without purpose is useless. And at that season, my pain was I lacked purpose. Mm -hmm. No, that's so beautiful. Yeah. The Japanese call it izakai, I believe. So it's, it's one of the main principles of why that community can live past 100, and it's very normal. It's They're integrated into society. They're not pushed out into these homes. Like They still are gardening and contributing to the household and helping out family members. It's, um, it's really weird kind of the Westerns, the, we the way that the West deals with aging. It's almost we are supposed to waste our entire youth to work for somebody else, with something that really doesn't give you a sense of fulfillment or, or passion or contribution to then retire and do nothing. You're like, that sounds horrible. I don't know that that's something that I want to do. I would get bored out of my mind. What do you mean do nothing? So I think you can find something that you have a skill set for, a passion for, and still make money. For some reason, we separate that. We're like, you can't do something that you love and that contributes and that you get paid on. So when it comes to realizing that you wanted to to in incorporate some sense of contribution into your work. Do you think that you can have fulfillment without that element? No, I think you have to love what you do and there's got to be a reason that's driving you. Otherwise, the fulfillment will be temporary, right? And you just said something so beautiful and I want to acknowledge you and reiterate. I think there's a big misconception that people think that you can't do what you love and also monetize it. And I hope that I could be 
proof of concept that that's absolutely untrue. And, and just to be clear, I have contrast because I used to believe that too. And when people used to say, find what you love and you'll never work a day in your life, I said, like, right. It, in my head, I'm like, it'll always be a J-O-B. And I'm glad I was wrong because anybody listening to this right now, you can absolutely create a hybrid of making a massive impact, having a lot of fun and unapologetically making a lot of money. I believe when you're so passionate and excited about something, you don't have to worry so much about the how. Making money will, will end up just being an energetic exchange. It's a byproduct because you love what you do. I don't care if you love to talk about insects. You could start a blog. You could start a podcast. You can do anything. And literally, anything that you love, if, if you're determined enough to see it through, you'll figure out a way to sell it or, or people will want a piece of it. My purpose 13, 15 years ago was to make money. And I, I essentially, I accomplished that at the time. But it was short-lived because you realize that money isn't everything. And so I think everybody should find what they love and what they're really excited about. And then you'll never really get burnt out. You'll never really have too big of setbacks because you have a really strong why and a really strong who, who you are, what your identity is, why you're doing it in the first place. So for anyone listening, could you make a lot of money and, and do something that you're not super passionate about it? Sure. We see it all the time. But then I ask you this. Is that person successful if they're not happy? I don't think so. So I think you should absolutely find what has you doing a triple backflip out of bed every day. Something that excites you, that has you feeling a lit soul. And just to be clear, like I used to think that once I got the things, the watch, the pretty girl, the, the money, whatever, then I'd activate the lit soul. I was mistaken. First, you activate your lit soul. And then ironically, you end up manifesting all the things that you thought you needed to activate that lit soul. So based upon my life experience, I would highly suggest everybody identify what sets their soul on fire. And as I like to say, it doesn't take time. It just takes alignment. A lot of people will answer that question when it comes to who am I, that fundamental um, philosophical, spiritual question that seems simple, but when you go to answer it, and I've, I have, I guess for lack of better words, failed at this exercise many times over, and I'm like still trying to fine tune it because it's almost reflexive that you start to answer it with your roles, and it's not your actual essence, or it's not your actual soul or your spirit or the thing that's your core. It's I'm a mom. So that's my function. I'm a wife. That's my function. I have a podcast. That's another function. Instead of, well, if I strip all of those things away, they're still you, right? Like you aren't your name or your age. Like These things are all um, kind of like prescribed to you. So how do you get down to your actual essence before you go after your new passion or um, what were you saying? Like your lit soul, like finding your lit soul. Yeah. Yeah. You know the feeling when you're lit up. Like for me, this isn't work to me. Like having this great conversation with you, like there's nowhere else in the world I'd rather be. So I believe we're all part of the infinite and the collective. Mm -hmm. and, and this like five foot, seven and a half handsome vessel that's speaking to you right now, <laughs> depending upon your taste, <laughs> it's, just a, it's just a vessel that, that's mm -hmm. holding my soul and my spirit. And I believe it to be true with everybody, right? So you got to find your purpose and identify what that is, and then fulfill your assignment by leaning into that. And that's when the magic happens. 
that's when you're a vibrational match for all the abundance out there and all the things start coming towards you because it's, it feels easy. You're in alignment, so to speak. So I also like what you said there in regards to identity. Like I've had a, a bunch of professional athletes on, on the podcast and so forth. And they often they'll say football is what I did or, or basketball is what I did. It's not who I am. Mm-hmm. Right? And that's, that's really groundbreaking stuff. And I love that. And I agree. And I believe we're all looking to find out why we're here and it's our purpose to identify 